This guy's a super, super talented comedian, guys, and we all love him. And, uh, you know, he won the last comic standing. He was awesome on there. He won it. That's not easy to do. And, uh, you know, he's been on The Tonight Show. He's got a great podcast going on. He is one of the great comics of our time. He is really funny. How about a big hand for our good friend, Alonzo Bowden, guys? Come on. Let him hear it, everybody. Thank you guys. Let let it play. I gotta set shit up up here. Thanks. You guys like that? You like that? That's a guy named Marcus Miller playing Jean Pierre, which is very cool. Look, one person clap. There's like one jazz fan in the house. You guys like Marcus. I, kn I know Marcus, he's a friend of mine. I always use his music at my shows because I don't have to pay him shit. Because I know him and it's like, I just play your shit free, you know. So, so here's the deal. First of all, give it up for Phrase and for John and for Leo for doing this show. They were hilarious. I had no idea Leo was that involved with grapes. It just, it just shows you, and, and I'm gonna talk about this because it, it leads into what I'm doing, but like, you, some of you, a lot of you guys know me personally and I appreciate you coming out and, and you always ask about comics, like what do we do, how do our minds work and stuff like that and there you can see, like one day Leo ate some grapes and he said, this is 20 minutes of comedy. Right, like you have some grapes and then you like, those grapes were good. But to a comic, we just sit down and focus on, now what can I get out of these grapes beside the obvious nutrition? And then who knows, maybe his girl walked by and he went pow, and he was like, that was funny. I don't know exactly how he did it, but I was in the back and I was cracking up because I was like, this fucker is holding on to the grapes. I, it was just a, like, I had no idea. And how beautiful is that to have 10 minutes of grape material, right? Because if grapes catch on, he's gonna be rich. You know, if suddenly there's a grape craze, they're like, fuck, we need a grape comic. And Leo be like, what's up? And then he's gonna make $10 million and all you do is eat grapes. So, so what this show is about, what I'm, what I'm trying to do here, and, and some of you have seen me and heard me and you know the stuff I do, I, I do a lot of topical material. And, and over the past year, I've been doing a lot of stuff on NPR radio. I do a show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Right, Wait, Wait is phenomenal. I do a show called Comedy Congress, which I love. Thank you, thank you. And, and the whole thing with me, like, the news has become so fucking hilarious that, it, that, like, people are like, why don't you talk about yourself? Every time I'm about to write a joke about my life, the news comes on, and I'm like, oh, I can't top that shit. 
So this show is the first in a series. I'm going to do four Sunday nights here. It's called In Other News. And I'm literally going to sit down here and show you how my comedy works and how it comes up. I have, first of all, for the young people, this is a newspaper. Right? If you're under 30, you may have never seen one of these. There was a time when the news was covered by more than 140 characters. You actually had to buy one of these, sit down and like read it and turn pages. And they had people who were reporters who weren't even pretty. They were ugly people that would ask questions and research shit. So I, I go old school now and then and I, I use one of these and, and so I'm gonna look at that and then just, you know, so you guys know that I'm not that fucking old, the rest of the shit's on my iPad. And, and I'm just gonna go through it and I'm gonna riff and we're gonna see what's funny and what comes out. And if you have, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm making this shit up as I go. All right, and my honest goal here is to not do a joke that I've done before tonight. I don't want to do any material. I want to do all new shit. Yeah. That, I said that's my goal. If I start bombing, if I start bombing, I got some funny shit in my back pocket. Whip, whip that shit right out, but no. But, but that's my goal, and, and it's interactive. So if you want to you know, ask some shit or yell out something, or, or if there's a story I don't touch on, and you're like, well, what about this? Now, don't get into some you know, story that I'm not going to know about. If you want to talk about the economy in Afghanistan, Cal State is right up the street. <laughs> and I'm sure there's somebody over there smart enough to hold that conversation. All right, I'm, I'm three steps above dick jokes. That's where we're at. Um, there's, it's like dick jokes and then here and then me. All right, so, so if you want to go up here, like, let me show you how smart I am, fuck, you win. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna battle. But, but again, I'm deconstructing, right? I'm telling you guys the truth. And you know why I do that? Because when you do comedy, it's, it's a broad audience. So I need to talk about stuff that most people know about. Okay, so that's why, I mean, there's some nuance, but if you get into the real minutia of news, most people haven't heard what you're talking about, and they look at you and like, you know, if I had graduated, you'd be very funny. <laughs> but based on my community college education, I am 16 units from an associate's degree, and you have completely lost me, Mr. Highbrow. I'll give you an example right here. This, this shirt I'm wearing, Monarchs. You know who the Monarchs are? No, some people know. They, no, Valley College. That's, that's. See, young people, like, and when I say, and I love young people, but if you if you under 25, just listen. Just listen. You look fantastic, but don't shout out shit. No, I'm not, I'm not wearing a historic Valley College jersey. The Monarchs are from the Negro Leagues. It's a Negro League baseball team. These guys were the best team in the Negro Leagues. They were like, like the Yankees of the Negro Leagues. Negro League baseball 
was from approximately the 1920s to the 1950s when baseball was segregated. And, the, and these guys were phenomenal. It's where Jackie Robinson came from. There's just a few players left, and they talked about it at the All-Star game last week, like Willie Mays actually played in the Negro Leagues. Hank Aaron played in the Negro Leagues. And just to tell you, I like Negro League stuff. I've been to the museum in Kansas City. It's fascinating. I have a Negro League baseball jacket. I was in the airport, and a woman said, who is that? And I said, oh, it's the Monarchs from the Negro Leagues. And she said, do they still play? <laughs> and I told her, yes. Yes, it's one of the secrets we keep. But we do still have our own league entirely separate from the majors. So anyway, so, so that's it. So I guess we're going to start. You guys are cool, man. Thanks for letting me do this shit. I, honestly. This shit is... I'm just looking at my notes, but I'm, I'm just going to start. I'll start with, with uh, the first story in the LA Times. Bankrupt cities are likely to remain rare nationally. Are you, you guys up on this cities declaring bankruptcy thing? Like the latest one, San Bernardino declared bankruptcy. And I say, if you've been to San Bernardino... How did it take them this long? to give up. You know what I'm saying? I, everybody who's been to San Bernardino knew that even in like 2005, 2006, when the real estate was booming, you were like, San Bernardino? Nah, this shit ain't gonna... You don't wanna put any money into this shit. This, you know, some city, like Vallejo, you know, it's a suburb of San Francisco. It's in the Bay Area. You're like, okay, that can make it. If you've been to San Bernardino, you're just like, well, yeah, bankruptcy, you, in the city charter, when you guys said, this is the city of San Bernardino, the second line should have said, and we're going fucking bankrupt. Because, <laughs> because you can't have a city, just there's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, like you leave LA, you know, you know what San Bernardino is? San Bernardino is, fuck, I'm almost to Palm Springs. That's, <laughs> That's the only thing you think of when you hit San Bernardino. You're on the 10, and you're like, fuck, I'm gonna make it to Palm Springs. I'm in San Bernardino. You gonna stop here? No. So, so the optimism in these cities, because the reason they're going bankrupt, right, is because they've lost all their property tax revenues because they were built and then they grew with, with the expansion of real estate and the you know, real estate bubble or whatever you want to call it. And I was caught in that. I bought a house in Valencia. I lost a ton of fucking money. But again, Valencia was a good bet. <laughs> Versus San Bernardino, at least, at least I gambled on some shit that might have worked, you know. So, so anyway, they lost their property tax revenues, but the dumb thing was they renegotiated their city contracts while the city was rich. You know what I mean? And now the city's broke, and they have to pay all the, you know, these firemen and police. And I'm not saying that they're overpaid or whatever. I'm saying those fuckers were smart. <laughs> they negotiated when money was high, you know? I, I don't negotiate like that. I, I like to make a deal when, when I'm fucking broke. 
you know, that, that, I'm like, shit, I'm gonna promise you as little as possible, and I'm, I'm gonna, we're San Bernardino. I'm like, exactly, you know this money ain't gonna last. How about we give you a bonus this year and then fucking call it even, but. So they're saying not a lot, I read the article, and they're saying not a lot of cities around America are gonna be doing this, declaring bankruptcy to bail out of their troubles. I think that's bullshit, I don't believe it. I think if it works, cities are gonna do it all over. They're gonna be like, fuck, why pay the employees when I could declare bankruptcy? Because it worked for airlines, did it, right? It worked for airlines, and recently auto, auto manufacturers have done it. So if you, walk, don't even start on Wall Street, that's, that we'll, we'll, we won't, no, we won't get to that later. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so I'm, I'm laughing at the idea that San Bernardino is bankrupt. To me, that's the fucking joke, all right? So, like, that's how this is gonna work. I'm gonna tell you, when I see the story, what's funny about it, San Bernardino's bankrupt, I'm like, hilarious, get me a pen. And then I'll write five minutes on San Bernardino. And, and here's the other thing, and this is what I love, and, and I love America, and a lot of people think because comics like myself make fun of the country and like, you know, the, the, the ultra right wing, are like, well, get the fuck out of the country, you know, because they're really smart. They were like, healthcare, fuck it, I'm going to Canada. Good luck. Um, <laughs> they, they honestly said that, like the Tea Partiers said that when, uh, quote, Obamacare, and I hate that Obamacare thing because it's not like it's his idea. You know what I mean? He should fucking turn around and call it Jesus Care. <laughs> right? He should just say like, didn't Jesus heal the sick? Um, I'm bringing you Jesus Care. <laughs> and then they would have to figure out how to make that bad. <laughs> Man, I hope they are recording it. This shit is funny. Um, But, but what I, what, what the reason I highlighted this particular story, and you're, you're gonna be my verification lady because there's people in the back who can't see the shit. Right here, right below Barack Obama's you know, presidential election story, what do we have? Comic Con. Because we're in a society where those two are just about equal. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we have reached a point that the presidential election and grown people dressed up like comic characters. <laughs> the editor of the LA Times is like, mm, all right, that's, yeah, just that same story, fuck it. Just, <laughs> just give the president above the fold, but the comics go right below the fold. And if you look in the paper for column inches, the comics got more, the comics get more story because they talked about, if you're not familiar with Comic-Con, Comic-Con is this thing that has grown. Like, there's, there's, it started out with a bunch of guys, and it, this is where it should have stayed. There's a bunch of guys. <laughs> and I'm not dissing comic collectors, because that's cool if you're into comics and video games. No, that's great, man, well, pay attention. <laughs> you see where this is going. <laughs> Remember, I paint in broad strokes, all right? I'm not, I'm not gonna argue the merits of Iron Man versus, you know what I'm saying? I understand there is a DC Marvel thing going, and well, broad strokes, all right? 
Comic-Con started as a big convention amongst comic collectors, and it was primarily these guys. It was generally men between, like, 30s and 40s who collected comics, became experts on this, and it's a whole culture, and they dug it, and it was their thing, and that's cool, right? Then it grew, and some guys realized, like, whoa, these guys aren't familiar with women. We need to get some sexy women... We need to get some sexy women down here in costumes and make some extra cash, right? You ain't talking now, are you? No, you ain't got shit to say, see? Because that was... That was the next step they brought in. They brought in... Because, listen, all bullshit aside, it sells, all right? When they say sex sells, like, do you understand? Women, women don't even understand the level to which men fantasize. Like, like we believe shit, you, you're like, well, you can't be that fucking stupid. And, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give you an example, all right? There was, there's this commercial, it's for some kind of tequila. I, I don't know the tequila, but this is the, this, the, the commercial. There's two hot women in an apartment, right? And some of you have seen this, and they cut the cable the cable TV feed, right, from the guys next door, and then the guys bang on the door like, oh my God, do you have cable? And there's two hot girls in there with tequila, right? <laughs> ladies, ladies, I want you to understand that men believe that could happen. We, we honestly believe, we're like, you know, that shit could happen to me. I could, I could just be with my boys watching TV and two hot girls next door sabotage my cable to entice me over and drink tequila with them in their mini dresses and heels. That's just a Tuesday for me. So, so my point is, you're not aiming too high to pull men in with sex. So Comic-Con, they, they started having women come around in the sexy costumes, and that, but now it has a whole adult element to it. There, there's adult comics, right? Comic collector guy, right? You, you know. No, I'm not talking about porn. I'm talking about their, their adult sexy comics. Now, I know you girls, which, but honestly, this exists, right? And they walk around in the uniforms, and then, they, you know, there's always the Wonder Woman types, but it's like Wonder Woman meets stripper. It's not like Wonder Woman. So, so the, the article is they have the issue now, people bring their kids because there's a Disney Nickelodeon side, but as you're walking to Nickelodeon, there's the rapist zombie side. <laughs> And how do you keep your kids from asking, hey, mom, what is that, you know? And so, so it was, it was very funny that, that Comic-Con, but it's still called Comic-Con, you know? I don't know what you would call it, but, and, and I'm not saying, I'm a, not against it, by the way. I'm not in for favor of censorship in any way. Like, we shouldn't have to change your world for your kids, because there's some places you shouldn't bring your kids, and that's what they say. They, they have... They have a thing, like, they, they label it like this is the adult shit, but their problem is the fans come in dressed up and they can't do anything about that. So they said, this is what they said, and I thought it was pretty good. They said the fans' costumes should be beach appropriate. 
Now, no, that makes sense, right? Because if you're, if you're a little girl, right, if you're eight years old, well, this be in L.A. if you're three. Because <laughs> in L.A., by the time you're eight, you're working shit already, you know. We're all fucked up. But what they're saying is, like, if you're an eight-year-old girl, then your costume should be what an eight-year-old would wear to the beach. But if you're, like, 25 and a hottie, then you can wear what a 25-year-old hottie would wear to the beach. And, and if you're 50 and your best days are behind you, then, then we would hope you'd cover up what you used to wear to the beach. And don't get me wrong, I love MILFs. If you, if you still got it, show it. But, but if it's gone, just let it go. It's, all I'm saying. So, I am thinking out loud. Now see, he got all that from grapes, I got all that from comic books. So, so that, that's what I had on that. Now this is another thing, and this is, I gotta talk about sports, because I'm a big sports fan. And there are two great stories in, in the sports page that I looked at. One of them was, and I, I'm sorry? I didn't hear you. Tour de, France. Tour de France wasn't one of the stories I was going to talk about. <laughs> if you have not watched the Tour de France, you have to watch it. You know what is remarkable about, remarkable about it? These guys are riding bicycles at like 20 to 30 miles an hour up mountains. Like, I, I, I have so much respect for that. And they're like, oh, he's taking drugs. Well, good, because... <laughs> Because if I'm doing 30 miles an hour uphill, there's gasoline involved. That's the only way I'm doing it. So if he could take a pill and do it, fuck, I'm still impressed. There's a couple of sports stories. I'm gonna do the LA Times ones, then I'm gonna go through my internet ones. But right, this is the first one and it's on the cover. And you can, you can kind of see this. It's called a soggy situation. And what they're saying is the London Olympics, again, you're my verification lady. The London Olympics, if you've been to London in the summer, you know there is no summer. It's cold, it's cloudy, and it's wet. So the athletes are looking for cold and cloudy places to train for the London Olympics. And I say, oh, how about this? How about we pass a rule and hold the Summer Olympics in places that have a fucking summer? How's that? I got nothing against London. I, I've been to London. It's a great city. London, if you never said, man, I would like to work on my tan. Let me run my ass over to London. If, if, if the athletes have to find cold, like this guy's in somewhere in Germany, guys are going to like Czechoslovakia and, and you know, just like they're in Latvia preparing for a summer in London. And no, it's not the fucking Summer Olympics. I don't want to watch people run slowly in the rain. <laughs> That's not the Summer Olympics, so stop it. The, so, the, that was one story, and, and the other story, okay, here it is one more time, the Tiger Woods, right, and, 
you don't know which tiger will show up. Is Tiger Woods back? All right? Here, once and for all, stop it. All right? Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer that has ever lived. If you have the opportunity to see him, you have to watch him. You know why Tiger is the greatest golfer who ever lived? Tiger has won four tournaments this year. Most golfers don't wear, win four tournaments in their life. In their life, he's won four in one year. They're like, oh, we're not sure if he's good yet. <laughs> he's like the leading money winner again. He's the leader in the FedEx. But you know what it's going to take for Tiger to be back? Tiger's going to just have to start fucking another white girl. That's the only time that, yeah, it's harsh, but what is it going to take? They're going to, oh, Tiger banging a white girl. Well, I guess he's back. <laughs> And I'm such a Tiger Woods fan. I don't just want Tiger to bang a white girl. I want Tiger Woods to start banging Jennifer Aniston. Because right now, she is the whitest white woman in America. She, she's at the top of the list. And I'm like, Tiger, why don't you hit that on, on the back nine at the Masters and say, you're fucking right, I'm back. I don't know, I hope he wins the four more majors. For those who don't know, Tiger's thing, the majors, there are four golf tournaments a year that are called majors, okay? It's the Masters, it's the US Open, the British Open, and the PGA. And they're the hardest ones to win. Tiger has won 14, Jack Nicholas has won 17. Tiger needs to win four more to pass Jack Nicholas, and that's like the only record he doesn't have, okay? And I think he's gonna do it. But I hope, but, but, it's, but now, if you, I don't know if you've seen him lately, he's talking shit again. <laughs> you know, after he won this last time, he looked at the report, he's like, yeah, a lot of you didn't believe in me, but I fucking won again. <laughs> and I just wanted him to bust out with a white girl. And, and you know he ain't gonna do it. Tiger's so scared of white girls right now. <laughs> you sneak up behind Tiger. That's how you get him while he's putting. Tiger be lining up a putt, and you just be on the side. You go, white girl, he'd crack, oh fuck. <laughs> That's what I would do. If I was second on Sunday, if I was behind Tiger, I'd just be whispering white girl. I'd have random white girls walk by. <laughs> I'd go over to Comic Con and get a few of them. <laughs> Fuck. I'd go get the two tequila girls from TV. <laughs> I think Tiger's back. Now, here's, here's another one, and this is great. And this, this, we can make this a little interactive, all right? What this story is about, this is in, in the calendar entertainment section, and it's a pay doesn't always reflect audience. What they did was they studied how much TV celebrities got paid yeah. and they divided it by the number of people to watch the show to try to figure out how much you get paid per viewer, okay? And, and so, now, who do you think is the most expensive per viewer on TV? Who would you guess? Anybody? No, no, Charlie was highest paid, but not the most expensive because Charlie had so many people watching the show. Chelsea Handler, Chelsea Handler, gets paid $12 million, and her rating is .718, which means she's not even pulling a million people a show. So Chelsea gets paid $16.70 for each TV viewer she has, all right? Now, to give you an idea, like someone like me, for example, when I'm rarely on TV, <laughs> somewhere between six and eight cents is is how much it would cost you to watch this on TV. That's, 
As a matter of fact, if this is my podcast next week, just download the shit for free. And, and I'm just happy you're listening. But, but it's interesting to see who on the list, who is considered expensive and who's considered a bargain, all right? So at the top of the list of expensive is Chelsea. You know, now somewhere around the middle, just to give you an idea. Wow, I didn't even know he was still on TV. Maury Povich doing Maury. How much do you think it costs to find out you are not the father of this baby? <laughs> Take a guess. What do you think, Maury? What do you? Yeah, some, you read the someone read the article. Somebody said it though. Four bucks. Yeah, Maury's four dollars and six cents per viewer. Now you mentioned two and a half men. Okay, so Ashton Kutcher took over, and Ashton is a bargain. What do you think Ashton costs per viewer? Yeah, dollar sixteen. A dollar sixteen. So Ashton is that much cheaper. Now here's one that surprised me, Snooky. Do you think Snooky is expensive or cheap? Well, not personally. In the context of the story, what would you say? You would think expensive, right? You would think like fucking Jersey Shore is an idiot show. Anything they pay Snooky must be too much. Right? That's the logic, you know. No, Snooky is the second cheapest. Snooky only costs 16 cents per viewer. But here's the part that's going to make you angry because it sure as fuck made me angry. Snooky gets paid $1.2 million a year. A million dollars a year to fucking be Snooky. So the next time you tell your kids to stay in school and study hard, you might want to rethink that strategy. You might want to tell that child, let's not aim too high. How good are you at taking a punch in the face on TV? That's what made Snooky famous, right? That's what made, Snooky was famous for being a woman who got punched in the face on TV and being such a, I don't even know what word you use, but she was a woman that got punched in the face on TV and everybody watching said, yeah, she had that coming. Like, like nobody said, oh, that's terrible. People were like, yeah, fuck, I'd have hit her too. That's, and that's what made her famous. And now she gets paid 1.2 million. So if your kid is like a C student, you know, just roll with that. As a matter of fact, tell them, you know, dumb it down a little. And let's get you in a tanning booth. Because there might be a huge back end payoff. You might be the next Snooky. $1.2 million a year. You think that bothers you? How the fuck do you think I feel? I'm sitting up here reading newspapers and creating shit. I could have been in Jersey. It's, it's really weird looking at this list. Some people surprise me. Tina Fey, underpaid. Tina Fey only costs $1.50 per viewer. Bill O'Reilly costs $5.70 per viewer. Yeah. John Stewart costs more per viewer than Bill O'Reilly. There's something wrong. There's something. I don't know. Wow, Simon Cowell has fallen off. It only costs three bucks for Simon to be mean to you personally. 
Tyra Banks only costs a dollar sixty a viewer. Yeah, that's about right, right? There was, there was a point in my career when I was younger. It was earlier in my career, and I, you know, thought I was gonna make it big because you go through this thing. I'm gonna make it. Then you you go through a thing of fuck. I'm gonna just try to hang on to shit I got. And don't get me wrong, I love what I do, but there was a point where I was like, man, how much more famous do I have to get to bang Tyra? Because in the black community, there was like a Tyra line. If you reach a certain level of fame, you got to hit it, you know? There was, there was a whole list of brothers who hooked up with Tyra, and I was like, fuck, if I could get a movie, I could get you, right? John Singleton, right? Tiger Woods. Uh, I think Wesley was there, or you know, there, there was a list, and I was like, I can get on the Tyra list just to say I did it. See, some of you are looking at me like, Alonzo, you don't do that kind of comedy. Yes, I fucking do. <laughs> it's not all highbrow shit. There are times when I sit around and think, how famous do I have to be to bang Tyra? And then I realize I'm too old. Don't feel bad, me and my man are going to Comic-Con tomorrow. And he's gonna wear the funny suit. All right, so that, that's some of my LA Times stuff. And there's obviously a lot more stuff in the paper, but I'm not gonna sit up here and read an entire newspaper page by page, because then I would be an alternative comic and we would all be bored. Yes, you can tell them I said that. <laughs> so now we're going to move to my internet feed. And do I need to tell you guys where these stories come from? I guess I should. I guess she's going to keep verifying that I don't make this up. What's your name? Karen. Karen, and what do you do, Karen? If you think you are a critical care nurse. You're a critical care nurse? And a teacher. And a teacher? So you, you pick two. Well, nurses get paid okay, though, don't they? Yeah. Well, there's another angry nurse over there. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Like now, if you're sick and in the hospital, like now you know your nurse is a little pissed off. <laughs> right now we all know, like, I better not ask her for too much shit. Because she is somehow underpaid. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you chose to be a nurse. Don't. Don't get all angry at me. The snooky job was open, but you, you were sitting there. Oh, I could graduate. I could go to nursing school. You know, nursing school that never crossed Snooky's mind. There was never, there was never a day where Snooky was like, I could have been a nurse. That thought never fucking occurred to her. All right. See, that's why I say aim low, aim low. <laughs> Fuck around up here with nursing. You go right down, this is America, damn it. And you just get, you like, I could be great, but I'm an American, so I'm going right about here. That's how you fucking make it. Move to San Bernardino, damn it. That's how it works. Okay, so, so the first thing I want to do with this, um, and Flipboard is what I use. Flipboard is like 
it's just a bunch of different news feeds and great stories. So here's one I saw that was really good. It's, and it's another baseball story. Why are Major League Baseball strikeouts at an all-time low? Baseball, if, you, if you're a fan or if you're not a fan, they don't hit as well as they used to. They're not hitting as many home runs. They, and you know why? Because they banned steroids. It's like, this one, this one wasn't really hard to figure out. Like, hey, they're, they're not hitting as good. You think it has to do with us taking away the drugs that were helping them hit? I just wonder who writes this shit. Now, I know, I know that steroids don't make you a better hitter. In other words, if you, if you can't hit, you are not going to take steroids and suddenly be able to hit. But steroids do make you a more consistent athlete over a period of time. And the pitchers are like, fuck, they ain't cheating no more. We're smoking their ass. So, so this is one of those stories. I like stories like that because they don't hit the obvious answer. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole story, and it's like, but nowhere in the story did they mention the fact, hey, you know, we kind of ban drugs. <laughs> and they're not hitting as well. Nobody put that together. Except me. <laughs> and this one, and, and are, are we election fans? Are we into this? No. Somewhat? No. No, it, I know, I know. And, and I don't blame you. But I, but I have to do this one. Oh, fuck, my Wi-Fi signal is shaky in this room. So, I know, you can't even live without that. Ah, here we go. Okay, so are you guys familiar with the Bain Capital story that's going on? Some of you, for those who aren't, okay, Obama's camp talked about Bain Capital. Bain Capital is, is basically, it was like a venture capital fund that Mitt Romney ran, and it was one of these companies that their basic job, raise money, buy companies, break the company down, sell it off, make a profit, and move on to the next one, okay? Mitt Romney claims great things for Bain Capital because Bain Capital invested in Staples. So his claim is we, we invested in Staples, it went from 2,000 employees to 90,000 employees, I'm a great American, I'm ready to be president. Now, you know, he doesn't tell you that Bain Capital didn't actually manage Staples, they just put up money for it, what, which is good, but, but anyway, so, so here's the thing. So at the end, of course, Bain Capital, like all of these funds, becomes kind of a vulture, you know what I mean? Like they grab companies and they rip them apart and they send jobs overseas and this and that, because it's all about making money. That is their function, that is what they do. So, so the Obama camp gets on the Romney camp about doing shit and, and <clears throat> Romney says, well, I left the company in 1999. I'm not responsible. I left in 1999. So the Obama camp does like three minutes of research and they're like, well, according to every corporate record, you ran the company until 2002. You were the CEO of the Bain Capital, blah, blah, blah. So, so Romney's people are like, that's bullshit. You must apologize to us. And, and I want to just, it's fascinating. This is what Romney's camp is saying. And, and let me... I'll actually read this to you, okay? They, they were talking about, okay, here it, here it is. I'll go really quick. Questions about Romney's tenure at Bain Capital and the fortune have dogged the former Massachusetts governor as Obama and his allies had said the Boston firm shipped jobs overseas. Romney says he left the company in February 1999 to take over the Olympics. Documents suggest he was still in charge as late as 2001. So Romney advisor Ed Gillespie said, and this is why I love politicians, because they can say shit like this with a straight face. He retired retroactively. 
Yeah. The reason, the reason that there's documents that had his signature, because during the transition from 99 to 2002, there was a duty to sign those documents because you're the fucking CEO. <laughs> but he actually retired retroactively to 1999. That, that is hilarious. Like, how do you say that with a straight face? And this is what I talk about. This is why I make fun of the news because a reporter listened to that. And when I said it, I didn't say a joke. I just said it and all of you fucking laughed. You laughed out loud. Why isn't there a reporter that says, oh, oh, come on, stop it. You're retired retroactively. You just, you, would you pull that shit out? You know what I'm gonna do next year? I'm gonna retire retroactively to last year. Fuck it. So, I, you know, that's where we're at now. He retired retroactively, and I say, God bless him. So that, that's, there's times when I don't have to write the joke. I will just read you the story. And it retired retroactively. But, but again, that's where we're at. See, and this is why I showed the newspaper to the young people, because you don't know. There was a time when there were reporters who would have actually would have questioned that would have in a polite way raised their hand and said, okay, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> you're gonna have to do better than retired retroactively. Because there was a time when politicians put an effort into the lie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was a, this is America, damn it. And there was a time when they respected us enough to say, oh, we're not gonna just tell the easy lie. We're gonna focus and come up with a good bullshit lie. Now, it's summer, and you're on vacation, and you, you don't know what to do. You got a lot of free time, and as she will verify, there's a story right there. The valley has opened the L.A. River <laughs> to tours. That's right. I wish I had a screen to project this right now. But we've all seen the L.A. River, right? The, it's... It's a cement channel that no water is in, right? And then it rains and it fills with water and a dog jumps in and five people drown trying to save the dog. It's the same, right? Every year the same thing happens. It rains and five idiots drown in the LA River. Well, there's a portion of the LA River and if you're in the valley, I know this exactly. It, it's the flood basin, okay, off of Burbank between Sepulveda and Balboa, it's designed to flood. That's where the water goes. So there's always some brackish, just smelly sewer water in the bottom. But you got free time and a kayak. So why would you not pay the Parks Department $50 to kayak through the sewage known as the L.A. River. And you know what's going to happen? One of these idiots is going to catch a new disease that hasn't even been discovered yet and sue the city, right? You know that's going to happen. What, what the hell? If you go on a tour through the L.A. River, then you deserve whatever you get. That's what I say. All right, let's see what else we got. I love this stuff. Oh, here's another one, and I have to find a story. Are you familiar with the Olympic uniform story? Oh, yeah. 
guys are a smart crowd. This shit is making my job easy. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, and I'll find a story to show you. Ralph Lauren designed the United States Olympic team, the clothing. Not the uniforms, but like, you know, the, the opening and closing ceremonies, the clothes when they walk around, when they represent the country. He designed, and this is a big contract. This is millions and millions of dollars. And he had all the clothes made in China. That's right, all the United States Olympic apparel was made in China. Now listen, now there's an outrage about this, and I think the outrage is bullshit. You know why? Because what could be more American than a super rich CEO getting a government contract, outsourcing the shit to China, and selling it back to the government at an inflated price? I'm like, that's, that's as American... You could not get more American than that. Cheap Chinese labor making clothes? Well, fuck, what country is this? <laughs> but this, this is my theory on, and, and of course, once it happened, then you know, Harry Reid and Pelosi and Congress people, oh, it's an outrage and blah. You know what? You know what the United States needs? They say don't expand the government. Yeah, you need certain departments we need. We need like the Department of Obvious Shit. <laughs> The United States Department of Obvious Shit, right? And they look at a contract, and if they look at a contract for Olympic anything, it has to be made in the USA. You know why? Because that's obvious shit. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to explain that. You don't have to question it. Like, why does it have to be made in the United States? Eh, you are disqualified from bidding. <laughs> this is obvious shit. Until we start making our athletes in China, Let's not, and, and this ain't the first time it happened. Our winter shit was made in Canada by Roots in the, in the Olympic Games. Yeah. yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Department of Obvious Shit needs to be formed right now. <laughs> Excuse me? You'll have a job working at the Department of Obvious Shit. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's kind of obvious that only an American could work at the Department of Obvious Shit here in America. And the fact that you didn't know that means you are not qualified to work at the Department of Obvious Shit. This is gonna be the funniest podcast I've ever done. Couldn't love you guys more. All right, we're gonna move on. My next source, The Daily Beast, which if you're familiar with that, that's always fun. All right, let's see. My, my Daily Beast's Beast story had to do with the Drudge Report. You guys familiar with the Drudge Report? Look, look at the, the disappointment in this. For those who don't know why they're so disappointed, the Drudge Report is, is basically a conservative blog that it somehow masquerades as news, sort of like Fox News, but, <laughs> but online. No, all, all kidding aside, this is what the Drudge Report. But this story, it's, it's almost confusing because the Drudge Report, okay, they came out with this scoop that Condoleezza Rice was the leading vice presidential candidate for Romney, right? So they, there's the story there. She'll verify it, right? I'm not making that up. 
she'll verify it while we're still young. Come on, lady. I'm on the clock here, lady. So the, sto- so the story is bullshit, right? The Drudge Report made it up. But, but the interesting thing is what this story is about is why did everyone believe it? In other words, the Drudge Report makes, they say crazy stuff like that because you know, you know how the blogosphere works, right? You get a lot of people. It starts trending, it goes viral, more people read your stuff, you become bigger. So every now and then they have to make a story that's like, oh my God, and then people are like, wow, we gotta read it, right? So this was the story with the Condoleezza Rice thing, and then it says, so the guy's basically saying, um, the writer of this story who is he shall remain nameless because I get, oh, Lauren Ashburn, she, okay, wrote it. She says, she's a good enough poker player to know a campaign bluff when she sees one, claims so ludicrous as to be laughable, blah, blah, blah. Because Condoleezza Rice said, I'm done, I'm out, I'm not gonna, you know, yeah. So, so anyway, so right away the story's picked up by the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, they all cover the story, and she's like, why, okay? And they're like, well, we, had, we know the story isn't true, but we had to run the story because, the, this I'm quoting right here, the idea that Condi Rice, an African-American conservative woman, could team up with a white guy Mormon to take on an African-American left-leaning Democrat is just too delicious for reporters to ignore. Now, you notice it didn't say anything in there about too true for it. said delicious. <laughs> See, there was a time in news reporting where there was like truth and facts, but now it's flavors. <laughs> so this story, well, it might be bullshit, but this story is delicious. <laughs> this story is a hot fudge sundae with zero calories. How could we not? How could we not dive into this bullshit? You know, and, and I talked about this on my podcast because, you know, because when Condi says I'm not doing it, that usually means you are doing it and this and that. But the whole thing was, it's just ridiculous. But, but what's even more ridiculous is now there's a news story explaining why the news prints fake news stories. You know, yeah, you should hold your head. At that point, that's the, you're like, if a child asks you to explain, Mom, do they have liars to explain why liars tell me lies? And, and you're like, why yes, child, they do. They call it the news. But, but why are you working on that? Don't I have you doing snooky exercises? Don't you want to be rich one day, child? Stop asking the difficult questions. That, that fascinates me that there's a story about a fake story and why the fake story was covered as a real story. You know? What do you mean? When, well, when you say democratic, now do you mean democratic as in fair or do you mean democratic as democrat versus republican? You mean as people choose? No, but this is what she's saying, though, that everybody covered it. So, like, MSNBC covered it, but so did Fox, you know. No, they don't. And and I'm going to tell you, you know why they don't? 
because their job is to report the news, not to be so fast. Like, let Twitter be fast, but let the news be the actual truth, because where do you go, like, when it, see, again, he's a young man, and... I'll, honestly, I'll tell you why I hate this, why I get so mad. And how many you guys know the fourth estate? The job of the news is to keep an eye on these sons of bitches. Yeah. That's their job, not to be the first to report the story. I'll give you an example. With the healthcare story, right? When Roberts, when Roberts voted to support it, when he said it was constitutional and legal, now everyone was shocked, no one expected it. And someone pointed this out to me, and I, and I thought it was a great observation. CNN got the story wrong right? Fox got the story wrong. MSNBC got the story wrong. You know who got the story right the first time, right away? NPR. No? Bloomberg. You know why? Money. Because in Bloomberg viewers, that decision means do we invest in insurance companies because they're about to raise their rates and we got to make some money, or do we invest in hospitals? You know what I mean? So Bloomberg's like, Bloomberg's like, they don't have to rush. They're like, no, we're going to get this shit right because a trillion dollars is about to be invested based on this. So when you say it's democratic, you, you mean it, you want to be fair and everybody wants a story. Is that... Well, yeah, we, I know it's infotainment. I'm making a buck off of this shit right now. So I get what you're saying, they, they, and that's what she's saying. She's saying we rep they reported this story because it was delicious. It was too juicy not to report. But how great would it be if you were the reporter that said, oh, the story everybody's telling about Condoleezza Rice is wrong. See, then you would move to the top because they'd be like, oh shit, this guy actually knew what he was talking about, you know? So. But this is the problem with obvious shit, like you said earlier. They can report on, on what's out there in the media. It's obvious. Yeah. All right, don't get upset. Now remember what I told you, right? Three steps above dick jokes, all right? I. I appreciate your passion, but let's not aim too fucking high. We were just talking about tourists going down the LA River. Now here, here's another great story, and, and I have to find it. The problem with these things updating instantly is that stories fall back, but I have to tell you a story because it's about Alaska and it'll tell you everything you need to know about Sarah Palin. There you go. Whoops, here you go. And I'm not even gonna read this. I'm, I'm sorry, your name again? Karen, my expert, is gonna read this headline to you right now. Alaska town has feline mayor. A cat. <laughs> Stubbs the cat has single-partedly made the town of Talakina, Alaska into a tourist destination after being elected mayor in a write-in campaign. The so cat, a cat is legally the mayor of a city in Alaska. Now once you realize that that happened, 
the idea of Sarah Palin be the governor of Alaska. Because you were all like, well, how the hell could she have been the governor? She's not a cat. So they said, well, we got to give her an even better job. They elected a cat. Like, does that mean you've given up at that point? Like, isn't there at least a homeless guy who would want to live in the mayor's house? Like, couldn't you be like, hey, let Billy the drunk homeless guy, let him be the mayor for a year so he can take a shower. They're like, we ain't fucking with Billy. Have you heard from Stubbs the cat? Stubbs is well qualified to run our budget. Six months from now, when Talkeetna, Alaska is next to San Bernardino in bankruptcy court, you're all gonna be son of a bitch. I am not surprised. You elected a cat. Stubbs was elected after townspeople said they were dissatisfied with the human candidates. All kidding aside though, don't, don't you wanna go there now? Don't you want to go there and see, why are you here? Because I want to see the people who just said, you know, fuck these humans. From now on, we're electing cats. And the thing about, the thing about electing a cat versus a dog, a dog is loyal and, and like stays home. Like a cat on any given day, you know your cat will just wander off. Your, your, cat, your cat is never really your cat. Your cat is, I'm hanging out with you, the food is good, but I really ain't that attached to your ass. I still know how to live on my own. I can catch mice and shit. Your cat, like you didn't never put a leash on and walk your cat. Your cat's like, you come near me with that fucking leash. Then you know, I can go to Alaska, I could be mayor. So anyone who says, oh, Sarah Palin is stupid, Sarah can look you straight in the eye and say, I am not a cat. <laughs> and I would say, prove it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go to Time Magazine because there's another. She's a feral cat. Well, that makes all the difference in the world. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, okay, and this is one I'm not even putting a joke on. This because I'm not, I'm, well, Aretha Franklin could become a judge on American Idol. Exactly. That, that's when the show ends. You know why? Because you can't fuck around in front of Aretha Franklin. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you kidding? Like, you can't have Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin can sing. Aretha Franklin's like, are you fucking kidding? I sang the shit your parents hooked up with when you were, that they made you listening to me. You know what I'm saying? Like Aretha Franklin is too real. I did a reality show on TV. I did Last Comic Standing. It was fun and I loved it and we had a great time. But, but when you're being judged, you know, it, it's joking around and it's, you know, it's Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler, it's not like, I mean, Aerosmith was great, but it's not like Steven Tyler is ever gonna be called upon to bang out the national anthem at the presidential inauguration. You know, they're like, Steve, you look good screaming and man, you could wear some leather pants. 
You know, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is like, Jennifer, you got that ass. We ain't nobody listening to you. You got that ass, and they can get in the, the producers or make it sound good. But can you imagine being an amateur? Or they're not fully amateurs, but you're trying to, and you got to sing in front of Aretha Franklin? Oh, that's just, you, you'll be fucked up. She's too good. She's too good. What? She doesn't fly anywhere? She doesn't have to. She's Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin doesn't have to fly. Aretha Franklin has to say, if you want me to do this show, move this shit to Detroit and do it in my backyard. And they will build a studio in her backyard. There's like four people on earth that could talk shit with Aretha Franklin. You know what I mean? Like Patti LaBelle and Aretha Franklin can sit around and talk about singing and no one else is allowed in the room. You'd watch, right? I'd watch just to watch people crumble. <laughs> Maybe she'll do it. I don't know. All right, you want to, what'd you say? Bring back the gong show? No. We're about to. <laughs> we call it the presidential election. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about crazy reality shows? Have you heard about BoobTube? Anybody? No. Have you heard about the show BoobTube? All right, I'm about to scare you. And this, this falls under a category, and I said I wasn't going to do anything that I've done before. And I'll just tell you, this is a thought I've had. It's not a joke I've done. It's a thought I've had that there is no bottom, okay? And what I mean by there is no bottom, that we as a nation have reached a point, there's nothing where it's like, oh, that's too fucked up. <laughs> oh, no, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> there is no bottom, okay? And here is proof that there is no bottom because there is a show being shopped and pitched right now called Boob Tube. What would you guess it's about? Anybody? What television. Television. Breast. No, it's not. It's, it's about breasts, but what about breasts? What, what subcategory in the breast world do you think Boob Tube is about? Implants? Only in my dreams. No. Some, what? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a just about breastfeeding. Remember the Time Magazine cover where the woman was breastfeeding the kid who was like 19 years old? <laughs> Boob Tube is a new reality show about extended breastfeeding. It's about women who breastfeed children that can walk. I don't know, is that... Is that a reality show or is that some kind of fucking weird fetish porn that they figured out how to get past the censors? That's what I mean by there is no bottom. Like there's, there's people, who's gonna watch it? Hey, don't miss boob tube today. You know, she's about to best breastfeed a nine-year-old. Fuck, I gotta tune into that. Not making it up. Comic-Con is over, huh? <laughs> the next logical step. All right, we got, we're just about done here. We got to wrap up the show. So I'm, I'm going to go. Starbucks is opening in a funeral home in South Carolina. Sometimes those funerals are long. 
I don't know if you've ever been to a Southern Baptist funeral service. I've been to those. My mother is from South Carolina. When they have funerals, they do not fuck around. It sounds ridiculous, but after about the 50th person testifies, and then, and this is, this is, this is the really funny part. There's a drama that I've only seen at the Southern Baptist funeral, black Southern Baptist funeral. I haven't seen this take place anywhere else. The Take Me. Somebody, you, right? When, yeah, when they say, oh God, take me, Lord, take me. And, and my mother, who is the funniest person I know, who I get my sense of humor from, she leaned over to me, she said, you ever notice they yell, take me, but don't none of them jump in that hole? I'm not supposed to laugh out loud at a funeral. I was fucking cracking up. I was like, Mom, you were hilarious. I'm taking your stuff on the road. So, so a Starbucks in the funeral home, I'm okay with that. But the, the last thing I'm gonna do, we got, is it time? Anybody, did you like me? Yeah, it's time. Real quick, the top baby names that are coming up because no, you know what's great about this? Because everyone talks about black people and how black people name their babies crazy. Yeah, everyone talks, oh, it's not politically correct. Everyone talks about black people and naming kids Loquisha and shit like that. All right, but we're gonna find this top 10 baby names because I promise you these ain't black kids getting these names. Damn it. Yes. Champagne, that might be on the list. Oh man, if I don't find this, I'm gonna, oh, here we go. I would feel terrible. Please, Wi-Fi, please work this out for me. I'm trying to get to it, because they said it's, they're inspired by things like the Hunger Games and Game of Thrones. Ah, oh, shit. Unfortunately, we are having Wi-Fi issues. I'm sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's not my iPad. I'll hit you, lady. How's that for believing in Apple? No, I'm sorry, I can't get it. Anybody work here? You got a passport? for the ice house, because just if you do come up and tell me, because I have one for the ticket booth, but that one's gone, so. You would think it'd be comic, but it's not. Should be hack, that would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna come next week, we're gonna do the top 10 baby names. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, look it up, it's on the Huffington Post, it was, it was just really funny names. I, listen, you think I'm not here for you? working my ass off for you people making up shit as I go okay so so here, here's the deal they, thank you guys for letting me do this first of all I, I loved it I did I loved it please take care of the wait staff because they, they do a great job now 
for those who, who haven't listened to my podcast, it's available on the Sideshow Network and it's available on iTunes. It's called Who's Paying Attention? Okay, so you can look that up. You can download it. You can subscribe to it. I am Now that I've done this, I'm absolutely, this is going to be my next podcast. I'm just going to take the disc from this and put it online and it's going to be hilarious. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Alonzo Bowden. I'm on Facebook, Alonzo Live. I'm going to be outside selling my DVDs. I'll sign my DVD, cost 20 bucks, you buy it. When I get arrested, you sell it, all right? Because I, I can't continue this behavior forever without something ending badly, all right? And, and, and I'm going to be here next Sunday, and then I'm going to be here August 5th and August 12th. And it's going to be a new show every time because, I'm, you see, I'm pulling it out as I go. From the news, we're going to make it funny. You, you have the names? You're going to give it to me real quick? All right. This is it. Thank you, lady. No, this isn't it. No, this isn't it. This isn't the... No, different story. No, this is top ten baby names guaranteed to get your kid beaten up. No, I'm talking about the actual top ten names, you, you sadistic. And you have foster children? If there's anyone here involved in the legal system, please double check on this lady. Do you think you have it here? Guaranteed to get your children beaten up. Is this it? Let's see. Yeah, hottest baby names, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it doesn't have the list of the names. You want me to go through the whole gallery one by one? Lady, I ain't got that kind of time. Okay, no, I'll go through it. Okay, so top... The, now the top baby names, okay? Senna. Senna from from Hunger Games. And they say that's a great name because that's unisex. That could be a boy or a girl. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the name of a Twilight vampire. Forgive me. We're not going to be able to get through this. We're we're having too many technical difficulties. I'm sorry. Takes too long to, to load the next one. Don't worry, we'll have it next week. I'll do it next week. Thanks anyway. We tried. Besides, don't be bringing me that HTC crap. This is an Apple show. If there ain't an I in front of it, we don't fuck around. I'm Alonzo Bowden. Thank you so much.